Bullshit. It's the No BS Show. I'm Dave Mastovich. We're with Dr. Audrey Gusky, professor of marketing at Duquesne University, and we're going to ask her, we're going to have some fun as we enter the second half of the show here. We're going to ask her what her big idea is, then we're going to get into some bullseye and sights and sounds. But when it comes to messaging here at Mass Solutions, we say Simon Sinek wrote this amazing book about asking why, your reason for being. And as I read his book two years ago or three years ago, I thought, boy, that's really great for every company. But from a marketing standpoint, it's halfway there because you have to ask the second why. You ask your why is your reason for being, but what's their why? What's their reason for buying? And then if you take those two answers to the whys, and they're not always exactly the same. In fact, they're rarely exactly the same. And if you can take those two answers and meld that into one core message, one consistent theme, one big idea, that's how you tell your story. So whether it's for you personally or about the book or maybe Duquesne University, whatever, what's your big idea? Well, my big idea is to really educate consumers. I really need them to understand what it's like out in the marketplace. My, my big idea is helping consumers save time and money in the marketplace, whether it's through the book, whether it's through my website, whether it's through my video series, all the interviews that I've done over the past 25 plus years. And you know, I really want them to realize that they're important, they're special, they need to be savvy, they need to be smart, they need to think through their decisions, and yet they need to have fun with it and realize, you know, the marketplace, it's, it's you know, a lot of decisions, but it's, it's, you know, their way to express themselves. And yet, if they do it in a proper way by saving time and money, I mean, that's what it's all about. So I think the big idea really is how to be a better customer, how to be a savvy, educated consumer in the marketplace. And, and you know, sometimes it's, it's just a matter of common sense and, you know, the golden rule. Let's go through as if some role playing here with uh, your first interview. And once the book comes out and you get a, a, a radio host that says, all right, but uh, all those listeners out there, that old adage, the customer's always right. Why would I have to change? This is your chance. Tell, tell us why. Well, as we know, the marketing concept is the consumer is number one and the consumer is always right. And companies, it's so competitive out there now. So companies need to really understand their consumer, satisfy the consumers. And consumers in turn, as we had said, because they're spending so much money and so much time deciding about these services that they want provided for them, that in reality, they need to work together as a team. Because if one's not happy, the other one's not going to be happy. So it's a win-win. It's a team effort. So by customers working hard with their service provider, because it's not just me going and saying, you know, like to the doctors, I'm sick, help me. You need to say specific symptoms of what's going wrong, just like a customer. You need to explain. So maybe when you're going to Verizon, Dave, you maybe need to know a little bit more about you know, the situation, what your problem is, what your yeah. options are. If you do your research ahead of time and you know the game, you need to know the game, you need to know the game plan. I think if I take a shot of tequila right before too, that'll help. That could always help you. Because I, it, would <laughs> like, it would loosen me up. Because I'm too tense when I go into Verizon. Now, the Apple store, I'm never tense. Nobody's ever tense when they go into an Apple Apple store. store. I'm I'm actually a little nervous that I'm going to spend too much money because I'll just buy something. But but once again, it's the culture that's been created and the mindset from the customer. So if you know yourself and you understand that you're nervous every time or you're not being the best customer that you can be when you go into Verizon, next time if you do that, you should feel very comfortable going in and get what you want because that's what it's all about. Excellent. So two marketers here. Let's talk a little bit about some of the key principles that you try to convey 
to a student. So let's go two paths. One student will go as the major, the marketing major, and that's one that we've had five classes, consumer behavior, advertising. But what about the people that all have to take principles of marketing? What's your hope that that person that's a finance major, what's your hope that they'll take from principles of marketing? When I teach them the intro to marketing course, the first day I always say, doesn't matter which, what major you're in. It could be healthcare. It could be technology. It could be any field. And yet we're all marketers because we're always all marketing ourselves. You are presenting yourself to the, I mean, typically you're dealing with a customer. And even if you're not, you're presenting yourself in everything that you do. I mean, I'm tr- we're trying to sell ourselves now to our audience, our mm-hmm. listeners. And so everything you do, you're really marketing yourself. So you really need to know the skills and the basics, the tools and techniques. So that way you can present yourself and express yourself in the best possible way so that way you are being perceived as other people, as someone who's a viable, exciting person that you want to be associated with, you want to help, you want to be involved with. And that's what, we, in a sense, I don't want to use the word selling yourself. You're marketing yourself to everybody and exactly. in, in, in everything that you do. Because one of the things that we preach is sales and marketing, marketing sales, they're not the same thing. They're too equally two separate yet equally important groups. Absolutely. So now let's take the other group. The, the person that's the marketing major ends up taking six, eight, ten marketing classes, and you teach probably a number of those marketing classes. What would I as an employer expect to get? Like, what do you think I, what, what could you tell me I will get from a, a graduate of your program of marketing? What will their knowledge base be on the first day that they come to work? Well, first of all, let me say, because we do more at Duquesne, yes. our students are, I, I think they're unique. Um, they have great communication skills written and oral. Uh, They're very social media savvy, which is very important today's day and age. They have high ethical and moral values because we teach from uh, a Catholic perspective, ecumenical perspective as well. So that way the students have have values placed in them. So that way you can trust them. They're hardworking. A lot of them are from blue collar. You're talking about blue collar um, workers. That's where a lot of their roots are, whether it's their parents or their grandparents. And so they're really down-to-earth students who get it. And I, I just can't describe how special they are. I mean, if you hire a Duquesne student, you get the full package. You know, they're well-educated, well-informed, uh, but also they're, they're great communicators, and they're fun students. They get it, and they're also hardworking. You know you can depend upon them. And I think that's all that you would want in you know, as an employer to hire any you know, student coming hey, right out of school, and they also have, me. yeah, and they they also have great. Uh, most of them have internship, so they have the work experience as well. We, or maybe even international study abroad uh, experience. First ever hire from Mass Solutions for Mass Solutions is a Duquesne graduate, Mike Gaddy. Still there, yes. he's here the first day of Mass Solutions. He's still here more than a dozen years later. That says it all. And he does more. I'll tell you that. So, Audrey, pick a tool or a tip you'd offer that will help our audience tell their story, craft their message, or communicate to internal and external target audiences. It could be a tool like Google Trends to generate content ideas. It could be your favorite book, which I know you told me earlier is Get Where You Want to Go, favorite blog or productivity resource, or a tip on how to approach their career, whatever you think might help our listeners. Well, I think everyone needs to, getting still on the same theme of marketing yourself, I think people need to in a sense, have their, I don't want to call it an elevator pitch, but they have to have their own soundbite. I call it script. And I teach this in my students this very last day of class to my graduating students. The notion that you need to, in a sense, have your script so that way if you run into someone in an elevator or down the street or very good example, here we are on the radio or, or you know, on the podcast talking. And, you know, I, I need to have these sound bites in my head so that when you run into someone, you could very quickly describe yourself, describe who you are, 
What benefits? What can you do for other people? As well as you want to, in a sense, brag about yourself. What what makes you a very credible person? So when you introduced me and said, I've done over 3,000 interviews and I've been on a lot of national and obviously very, a lot of local. And so that adds a credibility to me. So that way people would tend to listen to me and trust me more. Mm-hmm. So I think every individual needs to have your script in place. Who are you? Very, you know, I could say I'm Audrey Gusky. I'm a teacher. Or I can say I'm Audrey Gusky. I'm a marketing professor at Duquesne University and a consumer trends expert. That says quite a bit more. Yes. And so you have to, in a sense, not brag about yourself, but you can't be shy and you can't be modest because as marketers, the more information you share about yourself with other people, the better off you can help other people and they can help you. So when we think of networking, you shouldn't think of networking as what can I get from you? It's sharing what I know that I can help you and what you know that you can help me. And so it's a matter of have that script in your mind, know what you're going to say, who are you, what benefits can I provide to you, and what gives me the credibility to let you know that I am uh, I, I am legitimate and I could really help you. That's great advice for those students and for our listeners. Good. That is an awesome uh, tool tip for for the listeners great but now it's time to keep calm and hit the bullseye so i'll ask you to choose between two marketing or messaging classics this is my favorite part (laughs) tell me which one you like more but you only have a few seconds to choose and hit the bullseye you ready i am ready dave now you you pick and then just give us your quick rationale okay geico's gecko or the aflac duck um i don't like the gecko so i'll have to go with the duck because the gecko is too confusing the, the duck is, I, I don't like either of them, to be honest with you. But if I have to go with one, I'll go with the duck. That's great, though. Let's go down that path. You don't like either one. Tell us why. To me, and we talk about this in class all the time, because they're insurance companies. And what am I going to buy insurance because there's a duck? Am I going to buy insurance because there's a gecko? And what does gecko have to do with Geico and Affleck? You know, it's just, it's silliness. But yet, you know, as a marketer, I know it works because they're very successful companies. Mm-hmm. But I still, I, I wouldn't have pitched those, those ideas to them. So now we go down the path of, in our space, it's not marketing, but it's a piece of marketing, advertising, two of the legends, David Ogilvie or Bill Birnbach? Probably David, because he's he's such a legend. He's been around forever, so I would say. Yeah, they're both fantastic, and for the, the students out there, or even people that just aren't familiar with uh, branding as much, just Google those two and just read a little bit about them. Just amazing, amazing individuals that talked about messaging in yeah. a different way. They started it. I mean, they really started yeah. it all. Those two, John Wanamaker, a couple of others. There's just so yeah. many. Was David little... involved with Pepsi, I think? I think he was. I think he, he was the one yeah. that, that kicked that um, generation. What were they? Yeah. Pepsi generation. Pepsi generation. That was huge. And that really started a, you know, a change in advertising at that yes. point. Yes. Don't leave home without it or priceless. Priceless is my favorite because to me, I, I love that word. Um, it's, it's, you want everything to be priceless, something that people can't even put a value on. So to me, that, that is one of my all-time, next to the do more, seriously, it's one of my all-time favorite uh, campaigns and, and, and taglines. It, it just, it really, sa- and you know, I mean, it just says it all. One word. You've got it. Bam. It's priceless. I know priceless. you love the insurance companies, but uh, I'm coming back to them anyway. Progressives Flow or Jake from State Farm? Now, I well, went, now the reason these are on is they're, they're 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 contrasting styles and they're kind of like they're they're human instead of the first two are the fake mascots. So these are human mascots. Well, I used to like Flow. Uh, we're being honest, right? Yeah, so I used to like Flow. No BS here. And then I found out that she's uh, um, she's very liberal. 
Uh, me being the very conservative person that uh-huh. I am. So that offends me. And my grandson's name is Jake, so I just have to go with Jake. I know that has nothing to do with... Uh, Flo is hysterically funny. She, uh, you know, And their campaign is great, but um, I'm going with Jake. Jake from State Farm. Yep. Lay's Bet You Can't Eat Just One or Doritos for the Bold. I am going to go with Lay's because to me, that, that slogan hung on for a long time. And, and it was... It's true, you know, and, and I mean, it's it's encouraging people to eat, consume more of the product. I mean, isn't that what you want? And the other one, be bold, makes sense, but it's the other one, you know, with the Lay's, it just, it's, I mean, that's what you want, but you can't eat just one. And as you're eating Lay's potato chips, you're thinking that, I can't eat just one. And so it, it, it's like putting into practice what you want consumers to do. I love that one. I love, by far, I love that one. Awesome. Hotels.com's Captain Obvious or the most interesting man in the world? Um, I don't know if I like either of them, but I'll go with the hotels. Okay. Just because the other one I think is, I, I just don't like it. I, I think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, that campaign, maybe because I'm not a guy, maybe is it only geared toward men? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But, but I like, the, the other one's okay. I, I can live with either. So the one's okay it. and the other one's you don't like it at all. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking that. It just It annoys me. Maybe that's the word. It just annoys me. Okay. Yeah. Now this one, you know, just you can just go based on probably which sport you like because they're both clients, but the Pirates or the Steelers, uh, what are your thoughts from a messaging standpoint and then just favorite uh, sport and team? Well, this is a tough one for me because I've had students at the Pirates, Penguins, and the Steelers. Okay. So as far as picking one, I, I probably have to go with my childhood favorite, which has to be the Pirates, just because. I mean, they're Pittsburgh. They're the Pirates. We love them all. We love all of our sports. But, you know, I remember the World Series, which is dating me way back, and several World Series campaigns in, that we won. Uh-huh. And so it's it's awesome. The Pirates are just, you know, they're playing all the time. They're there. It's, it's summertime. You know, we're, we're hanging out, you know, drinking beer, watching the Pirates play, you know, eating good food. Steelers, they only have so many games. You know, it's just more intense, you know, and it's cold. So we'll we'll take summertime. We'll take summertime Pirates. We're with Audrey Gusky, professor of marketing, Duquesne University, and such an interesting guest. Audrey, this episode, Sights and Sounds of Marketing, is tied to St. Patrick's Day since that's when this show is hitting right now. It's St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And Audrey, what we're going to do is talk about how you have done a lot of analysis and, and I've seen your uh, interviews about the economic impact of various holidays. Now, I know St. Patrick's Day isn't a real big one and it's mostly probably party related and, uh, and parade related. So touch on that briefly, but then let's segue into about a month or so ago, the impact of Valentine's Day. And then we'll just go through anyone you want to talk about, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So talk a little bit about St. Patrick's Day and then go into Valentine's Absolutely. Day. Well, retailers have created all kinds of holidays because they want us to be spending money and they realize that consumers like to spend money on holidays. So St. Patrick's Day is coming up and, or I guess it is now. Yes. And, and people, in addition to the partying, uh, decoration, they're decorating their house, they're sending cards, they're buying gifts for people. So we expanded it beyond just simply a one day where you're going to just celebrate being Irish or pretend that you're Irish. We recently celebrated Leap Year Day, Leap Day, yes. and my mom is a Leap Year baby. Happy, happy no birthday, kidding. mom! That's actually she's, sad. She's twenty-one years old. So, what does she do in the off years to celebrate? 
Well, people always ask that question. So we have a little celebration on February 28th because it's still the same month, February. But when she has her every four years, we usually have a nice little hoop-de-doo, you know, party with as many family members as we can get together, which is what we did. And so, but my point is with leap year, there were all kinds of retail sales because every four years and there was like 29% off or, you know, you can get a cup of coffee you know, buy one, get one for 29 cents. So retailers were jumping on the bandwagon for a simple day like leap day. And so the reason for that is retailers want people to spend money. So going back to Valentine's Day, of course, Valentine's Day is a big day. The biggest retail, you know, day of, or, or season of the year is, of course, Christmas uh, by by leaps and bounds, you know, maybe 600 million billion it's 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 we're very close very very high spending as compared to uh, the next holiday would be back to school season and so we're spending hundreds of millions there and then we've got mother's day we've got valentine's day we've got father's day and all of these holidays retail holidays have become retail holidays and at one point um you know they used to be uh, just celebrating your mom or your dad or, you know, and nowadays you have to go out and spend all this money. And um, it's just, you know, very interesting. Uh, Valentine's Day, I mean, Cadbury was one of the companies, Candy, that in a sense started Valentine's Day as a, and this was back probably 100 years ago, as this big commercial holiday because, you know, they wanted people spending money instead of just getting like, you know, giving someone a, a, a flower that you pick from a garden. Now you actually have to go out and spend all this tons of money. And so I think the reason we have these retail holidays is retailers really want to spending money. Interestingly, and, you know, I've been studying this for 20 plus years. And we always would find that the next year, sales would always go up. So Valentine's Day sales would be increased 2 3 4%. Christmas sales typically go up 3 4 5 some, Back in the day, it was even 10% things going up. This year was one of the first years that really, in a sense, none of the retail holidays went up. They were either the same or even declined. Christmas sales, very stagnant. Um, back-to-school shopping went down. Uh, Valentine's Day sales went down. So, you know, you've, you've got all these holidays, and the purpose was for people to be spending money. And because of the economy being so tight, consumers are being very conservative and watchful, and they're really not spending the money that retailers had hoped they would spend. Halloween, you know, typically people spend tons of money on Halloween, and, and they really didn't do that this year as well. So it's a little scary. When people tell me the economy is improving, I don't know, because I'm not really seeing it in the sales numbers. It's the sights and sounds of marketing with Audrey Gusky talking about holidays, some created purely by retailers and others that uh, historically were meant to be a nice gesture, and now they become ways to try to get us to spend money. Let's talk about two of the latest uh, in the last 20 years or 30 years is one of them, and the last five is the other is Black Friday and Cyber oh, Monday. Yes, yes. Very interesting. Boy, have I, I cannot tell you how much they've changed. I've been studying retail trends for 28 plus years. And Black Friday was always the kickoff for the Christmas season. And so people were spending significant months of money on Black Friday. The sales were huge, all these door busters. It was, it was, retailers could bank on it. Well, then what happens is we've got stores start opening on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, by five, eight years ago, Cyber Monday pops up. Mm-hmm. And People are shopping online in the comfort of their home 
or the day they get back from work after Thanksgiving and shipping is free and everything, the prices are good, people feel secure, you know, with all the, the you know, the um, issues that they had maybe with, um, I, you know, identity uh, theft. And so we found that Cyber Monday is growing double digits by leaps and bounds. Black Friday went down significantly because people either shop on Thanksgiving or they shop on Black Friday. They, they're not shopping, you know, they, they, we only have so much time, we only yes. have so much money. And then Saturday, you didn't mention Saturday, Saturday is Small Business Saturday. And that was pretty big. Now, keep in mind, it's still small numbers, but it also increased by, I think, like 13% over last year. So that's great that people are, and I love Small Business um, Saturday, because you really want to keep the money locally, your local neighborhoods, local cities, and and support your neighbors in the community. And so that increased. But as far as Black Friday, and I hate to say this because, you know, I've been doing, Black Friday was all, I was like Santa. It was my busy season. I would get calls from all the TV stations, radio stations. I would be booked all day doing interviews. And now that Black Friday has literally lost its luster, I think I might be out of a job, at least on Black Friday. I'll have to, I'll have to push for the Cyber Monday and the, and the Super Saturday. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just, it's not, people aren't shopping Black Friday anymore. They have too many other alternatives. And, and retailers did it to themselves. They started these early Black Friday sales way back, even like right after Halloween. So, you know, what are you going to expect? Audrey Gusky, our guest today, professor of marketing at Duquesne University and so much more, a true retail and consumer expert working on a great book that's going to be out in the next six months. So you all get to know about it and we will push that through Mass Solutions as we'll market it for it. I'm setting the deadline for it. It has to be done in 2016. Thank you, Dave. Okay. I appreciate that. What, what did you say? Just deliver it? What? what? Ship it, ship it. Ship it. Yeah. Seth Godin, ship it. I love Seth. So, Audrey, how can listeners contact you if they'd like to learn more about what you do? Well, they can always go to my website, draudreygusky.com. Uh, a lot of my current videos and past videos are there. It's a good way for them to reach me. I'm on Facebook. Please become my friend on Facebook, draudreygusky.com. Twitter as well. Uh, and Consumer Sense, as I said, that's my video series. Okay. So I also have a Facebook page, Consumer Sense. Uh, it's S-E-N-S-E, not, you know, this, yes, yes. like penny sense, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. consumer sense. And, and um, I have a great production team, and we have a lot of fun putting it together and, uh, and um, sending it out to everybody. And, and we update it. We've got a lot of blog information, a lot of information. So please have people follow me. That would be great. Audrey, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Dave. Always great to be here. Suzanne, thanks for the production, the leading this, uh, the cutting-edge producer of podcasts in America, Suzanne Mayer. You are the best, Suzanne. And thanks for joining us for the No Bullshit Marketing Podcast. Visit BoldSolutionsNoBS.com for show notes plus additional marketing and messaging resources. Remember to sign up for Light Reading. You'll receive valuable strategies every other week to improve your marketing and transform your message. It really is light, intended to be read in two minutes or less, and it just might trigger bright ideas for you. To sign up, visit MassSolutions.biz. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about Bold Solutions. No BS.